Good to see each and every one of you here today. If you're visiting with us, we're glad that you're here. Uh, so Kyle, thank you for our thoughts this morning. For us to be able to come in and focus on God is such a great, great blessing. A lot of good things are happening at Southgate. I know Monday night our uh, ladies' ministry kickoff was a great success. We had a number of people that were there. We've got a number of parents that have taken kids off to college, and I think we still have some more college students that are going to be going back this week. Uh, it's neat to think about what our young people do as they go uh, into the world to make a difference for the Lord, because we have taught them how to do that, and that's such a, such a very good blessing. We're glad that Jesse is here, and I want to encourage you to come back again tonight, uh, where we're going to have a time to, uh, to greet and to meet him as well. Our study this morning is from Matthew chapter 15. I hope you have your Bibles with you, and that's what we're going to be looking at. I thought about this as I read through these passages, and I thought about the, the focus of Jesus. Uh, the focus of Jesus. For any relationship to really work, you need to have a similar focus. And a lot of times when you have two different people, and if they've got two different focuses, that creates somewhat of a challenge. Uh, it's saying, you know, most marriages, you have a saver and a spender. Well, that's two different focuses, isn't it? So you sit there and you have two different people that are looking at the exact same thing from different ideas. If you've ever gone on a vacation, I'm sure as we think about some of you as you go on a vacation, some of you are planners. You want to plan out every moment of that vacation to get as much out of that vacation to see as many different things as you can. Some of you want to go on vacation and not think about anything and have no schedule. Well, two different people, exact same event, different focuses can cause challenges. I think of sports as I had young uh, children go into sports. You have some guys that come in and when they see at sports, this is life or death. You know, I'm going to put everything on the line for what's going to happen. And then there's other guys that come in and like, well, hey, I'm just kind of hanging out with my friends. We get to drink some Gatorade and at halftime, they'll come in and bring some snacks, you know. Different focus. Whenever you have different focuses, though, what happens? You get all kinds of things that can come back and forth. Well, as I read through Matthew chapter 15, I saw some focuses of Jesus. And I think as we think about our relationship with him, what do we want to do? We want to come and be, be in sync with him. And that's what I thought about as we walked through that. There are a lot of things uh, that Jesus was focused on. There are a lot of things that we'll see in this chapter that he was not focused on. And I think we have things to learn from each one of them because we would do well as his disciples uh, to make sure that our focus is in line with him. Let's begin Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. It says, The Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. The religious people came to Jesus and they were watching what his disciples did and they weren't following all of the traditions of all the religious people of the day. And as they asked him this question, the first thing we're going to see about Jesus is that his focus was not on the traditions of men. Uh, men like to make up rules. Men like to make guidelines. They like to say, look, this is the best way it ought to do. This is what we ought to do. This is the best way to do it. And then they want to expect everybody else to follow their best idea. And that's what was happening in Jesus' day. But Whenever they did this, they thought our rules are what make us righteous, and that was not going to be in line with Jesus' focus. When we start to make up our own rules and our own traditions and act as if it comes from God, that starts to create a couple different problems. I thought of two of them. Number one, we start to judge other people based on our rules. 
Now, we're not talking about what God has said. We're talking about what we're thinking about. And that's what they were doing. Their rules, you had various laws of God about being ceremoniously clean. And you were going to need to go through, if you had touched a dead body, you were going to have to go through a process. And the law of Moses had all of these different guidelines where God did have an expectation of this ceremonious process of becoming clean. But what they did was they made up a lot of other rules. If you went to the marketplace... I don't know, you may have touched something that was unclean. You don't know that you did, but just in case, you need to make sure you come home and you need to clean. Before you're going to eat, they're going to go through, and they made it into their rituals. And it was their rituals that they had made up, but now they come to Jesus and say, why don't your followers follow our rituals? And what did they do? They started to judge other people based on their opinions and their thought of what God would want. And they come to him and say, your disciples aren't following the man-made rules of our elders. Well, we have to be careful. Jesus sees the focus and traditions that we have, and we have traditions as well. We have things that we think are best. We have things that we're used to that make us comfortable, but what do we not want to do? We don't want to judge people based on our traditions. We want to all go back to what Jesus' focus was on. And what was it? Not on traditions, but it was on the commandments of God. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered him. He said, he answered them, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. Jesus comes and he sort of switches the play on them. They're worried about this cleaning idea, this idea of ritualistic washing. And he says, look, what you guys have done is not only have you used traditions to judge other people based on your made-up rules, you've also set up traditions that were going to allow you to ignore what God really wanted. He says, you know what God commanded. Now, where's Jesus' focus? His focus is on the commandments of God. The problem that you see here is sometimes we can use our traditions to ignore what God wants. Uh, As you look at what Jesus is going to mention, honor your father and mother. Uh, That's going to be the fifth commandment you get in the Ten Commandments. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. God says, look, the first four are about how you deal with God. And then the first one that's going to deal with other people is, he says, I want you to honor your father and your mother. Why? Because God decided that the nuclear family was the foundation for society and for culture. What's the idea of the nuclear family? It's called one man and one woman that have made a decision to be committed to each other for life. That's going to be the foundation of the home. That one man and that one woman are going to bring children into the world and they have a responsibility to train them and to teach them the way God wants. And God, as he comes in to say, look, how we deal with other people, one of the most important places we're going to focus is on what we do at home. And this idea of father and mother is so very, very important because they're going to raise the next generation. And in relation to that, as they raise the next generation, everyone has a responsibility to honor them in return. While children, what do we do? We listen and we honor our parents because of the position and the responsibility that God's laid upon them. As we get older and our parents get older, what was going to happen in this society and today as well? As our parents get older, we continue to honor them by taking care of them and doing what we can. But the Jews had made up their own traditions. 
that was going to get them out of following exactly what God wanted. They had sort of made up the idea that, look, if you had money and you want to promise that to God at some further point in your life, since you have decided to devote your resources to God at a later point, you can keep them now, but you don't have to use them to take care of your parents. And Jesus is calling them out on that as well. They're ignoring God's commands about it. As we think about our lives today, how many people in the world are ignoring God's commands when it comes to family, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to sexual purity, when it comes to raising children, when it comes to honoring parents. You have the same idea so many times today, people are ignoring God's guidelines before marriage and it's leading to children who maybe don't know their parents, don't have a relationship with their parents and the family is not set up in a way to raise children. What does God know? He knows that whenever we go against his commandments, it's going to cause so many difficulties in life, and we see it in our society. So many problems come when we fail to follow and obey the commandments of God. But what do we do? We're always looking for ways to ignore them sometimes. Mankind is doing that. Uh, The Jews had found a way to try to get uh, work their way around the the commandments of God, uh, and Jesus calls them out on it. As we think about our focus on family, we have to make sure that we're giving to God's commandments. Matthew chapter 15, verse 5, what does he go on to say? He says, you say, if anyone tells his father or mother what you have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So you, for the sake of your traditions, have made void the word of God. For the sake of your traditions have made void the word the word of God. I think here we see something to be aware of. Religious people can make their feelings and their thoughts equal to God's commands. These religious people in Jesus' day had come and they sort of got their mind around what they wanted, what their focuses were, what their, what their priorities were, and they used their mind to say, you know what, what God has said is not going to be as important as what I am thinking about and what I feel. I want to ask you this morning, when's the last time you've tried to work your way around God's plan for your life? We're here today because we are religious. We believe in God. We believe in his word. We know that he has commands, that he has expectations for us. But you know what we also have to be aware of and be warned against is when am I trying to think my way And my thoughts and my feelings are going to trump and be more important than what God wants. It's easy to do it. Well, I know the Bible says this, but I want to fit in. I know the Bible says this, but I could make a lot more money if I do that. I know what the Bible says, but I want to satisfy my desires. God wants me to be happy, not follow his commandments, but he wants me to feel good. He wants me to experience these things and have a life that I desire. And whenever we do that, what's happening? We are making void the word of God. You think about how we deal with other people, and we know what Jesus said, and he called us to such a high standard, but you know what? They deserve to be treated that way. You know what they did for me? You know what they did to me? No, I don't want to forgive. No, I don't want to love. No, I don't want to serve. And look, I can give you great explanations as to why that's the case. And my tradition is you get what you deserve. What's God's command? Love your enemies. Pray for them. 
bless them. So Jesus comes and he's calling them out on things, but let's never remove ourselves from the equation and say, look, yeah, they were really missing it because what are we gonna be tempted to do? The exact same thing. Look, I've got the way that I do things and we're not looking to see if they are in sync or if they're focused on what God wants as well. What do we see with Jesus? His focus is on obedience. Obedience to God's commands and his will for our lives. May it never be said about us, for the sake of what we wanted, we have made void the word of God. Well, he then goes on and he quotes from Isaiah the prophet and what Isaiah said about the Jewish nation. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus calls them out on it. He says, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Here we see another focus of Jesus and another thing that he's not focused on. One thing you see, he's not really focused on what we say. People can say anything they want, can't they? Boy, are you excited about the next election that's coming up that our news wants to talk about every day to now, from now to next November? Are you kidding me? We're gonna have to see all these politicians on television all over the place. And what are politicians known for? Well, they'll say whatever they think the crowd wants to hear. We know that in life, a lot of people will say something and we have different statements about that. Talk is cheap, right? Jesus comes and he says, look, Isaiah said it 700 years ago. He said, you guys are great at saying you honor the Lord with your lips, but where is your heart? It's easy to come and to confess Jesus. It's easy to come and say words about what we believe or what we think about, but that is cheap compared to what is happening in our in our hearts and Jesus is focused not on what we say. We have to realize that a declaration saying something does not make us faithful. There's been all kinds of people who have said that God is important, who have said something they believe about Jesus. But in their lives, God is looking at something so much more than just a declaration. These people gave lip service to the Lord, but they were not bringing him fruit. And what Jesus said was their worship, even as they came together to honor God, it was all in vain. Why? Because their heart wasn't with God. They were teaching their standards, not God's standards. They were making up their own rules and not following God's rules, and they're not listening to him. And I think that's important for us to realize. Uh, this can happen on both the liberal and the conservative sides of a spectrum. People can come and say, look, I just think, and it's not what the Bible's saying, but I think to play it safe, this is the way that it is, and I'm gonna make my conservative approach to this, everybody else is gonna have to follow it. Other people can come on a liberal end of that and say, well, God says this, but it doesn't really matter what he says, and they're gonna go beyond it. What do we wanna do? We wanna speak where the Bible speaks. We wanna be silent if the Bible is silent. Why? Because God's commands is Jesus' focus, and that needs to be ours, not our made-up rules. We can't go and make up our own traditions that cause us to ignore God's rules, just like what Jesus was calling them out on. These individuals were not listening to God. We don't want to enforce rules that God didn't make, and we don't want to do our own thing. We want to simply focus on what God has said. Well, where is Jesus' focus? We see it in that passage. He's looking at their heart. Jesus focuses on our heart. When it comes to what Jesus is looking at in this day and what he's looking at for us today as well is Jesus' standard is obedience from the heart. 
because that's where God's looking. And God has the ability to do that. I always think of the Proverbs 23, verse 7, King James Version always comes to my mind. But as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What's he looking at? What we're thinking about, what is happening in our hearts, it tells so much about us. And that's where God's focus is. God is the one who knows what we're really about. And we can't fool him. So as we come together, we can come and we can fool other individuals and we can say the right things and we can be the right places, we can look the right way, but we need to always remember that Jesus' focus is not on what anybody else is hearing or what they're seeing, but he is looking directly into our heart as to why do we do the things that we do. I think of the little boy David who is watching his sheep. And Samuel, the great prophet, has come to anoint the next king of Israel. His brothers, his older brothers, look like the one. Samuel's like, this has to be the Lord's anointed, but God tells Samuel something. He says, no, don't look on his outward appearance. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And as he saw this young man, he saw the heart of David, and he is going to anoint him to be the next king. David thought about that. I wonder how many times that continued to drive him in what he did in life. God is looking at my heart. So I want to ask you something. What does your heart look like this morning? Nobody else can determine it. You're the closest one to know it. That's all that God is looking at right now is where is your heart with God? Uh, David had moments in his life where he knew his heart wasn't where it needed to be. Uh, But I think he never forgot that God's looking at my heart. Later on, this man who is gonna be called in the New Testament, man after God's own heart, he goes and he commits adultery. And he's not faithful to God's plan for family. He's gonna have the husband killed. He's gonna be responsible for murder. And he is, again, his heart is everywhere for where it ought to be. But why is he going to be called a man after God's own heart? He has the ability to stop in life, assess where his heart is, and then make a change accordingly. In Psalm 51, as you see him declaring what he has done and his sin, he makes some statements about it. What did he want? He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This is after he's been begging for a long period of time that he wants to make sure that he's cleansed. He wants those sins taken away. He, he wants God to wash him and to make him clean. But he says, God, what I want to do is not just change my actions and my words. I want to change my heart. And he asked God's help to say, look, I want that heart that you saw at the beginning. As he comes in and says, well, what do I need to do to make things right if my heart's not right? Verse 17, what does he say? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you won't despise. What did David remember? David remembered that God is focused on the heart. When we fall down, and we will, we look at our heart because that's where God is looking. When we're less than what we ought to be, sometimes we sit there and we're so caught up in our actions, we need to see why do I have those actions? because something's changed about my heart. David knew that that had to change. And in his life, that always led him back to God. Well, Jesus is focused 
on their heart. And then he kind of explains why the heart is so very important. If you look back there in Matthew chapter 15, when he says, okay, what really defiles a person? What is gonna make somebody unclean? They had made their traditions. They had said, look, it's about washing of the hands and doing all these other things. And Jesus like, look, you're looking at all the external things. I want you to really understand what's gonna make you become defiled in the presence of God. He calls the people to him and he says, hear and understand, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. It's one of those times where you see Jesus, he calls the people to him. I kind of see the guys, come here, come here, listen up. Listen this, you need need to hear me, but you need to really understand it because the world's gonna say, here's a bunch of external things you need to do to be right with God. Listen to what I have to tell you. He says, you need to figure this out. Your relationship with God is not just about a bunch of externals that can be put on for a show. Your relationship with God is about where your heart is with him. So you can go through all of the motions and he says, Isaiah said you'd be doing it and that's what I'm seeing today. People who are going through the motions and the motions going through the motions cause them to never look in and focus on what God is focusing on, on their heart. It's easy to wash your hands and to ignore your heart. It's easy to dress up and look the part. It's harder to allow God to change me from the inside out and become who God wants me to be. Jesus is trying to encourage them. Why? Because the temptations that we face are gonna come from the inside. James chapter one, verses 13 through 15, James says, look, whenever you're tempted, don't say you're tempted by God. God's not tempted by evil and he's not gonna tempt other people, but he gives us an idea of what happens on the inside. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Why do we have to focus on the heart? Because my heart is what's deciding what I'm going to want. When desire is conceived, what's it gonna do? It's gonna give birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. The seed that starts an action that is against what God wants starts within the heart and he says, look, it's just like it's gonna be born and it's gonna keep on growing until you focus on the heart. Jesus says, look, I want you to focus on what is really, really important. Third thing I see here that Jesus isn't offended at comes in verses 12 through 14. Jesus' focus, uh, that he's focused on, Jesus' focus is not on who is offended at what he says. It's very easy to do that. Uh, Depending on personality type, some of us are people pleasers. We don't wanna rock the boat. We don't wanna say something that would make someone else uncomfortable. We don't wanna get up and say something that would make people look at us or be mad at us. But Jesus here, his focus really wasn't on who's gonna be offended at what he says. The disciples come up to him in verse 12 and they said, do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone, they're blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Where was Jesus' focus? It wasn't on what everybody in the world and his society was gonna think about what he said. His focus was gonna be on so much more than that. And he just makes a statement that we have to realize that we're dealing with people that aren't gonna like what we believe. What I have said today, people would say, is hate speech. 
There are people in our society that want to break down the nuclear family. They don't want to say that it's going to be one man or a woman or that you can identify either one of them. And there's going to be all kinds of pressure to sit there and say, look, I want you to be careful about what you say about what is true. And as they come, they say, Jesus, the Pharisees didn't like it. You offended them. People were upset about it. And he says, look, we have to know that there are things that are true and there are things that are not true. God is going to stand on what is true. And as his followers, what do we do? We're going to be rooted in truth. If God is not for it, then it's going to fall away. And what we're going to do, we're going to stand to what God believes. If their beliefs don't come from the Father, he says they're going to be rooted up. Judgment will come. God will make all things right. Jesus basically says, let them alone if they don't accept the truth and they'll be judged one day. What do we see? Some people are never going to accept the word of God. They're never going to accept truth in their life. We offer that to them and then we simply move on. And what do we see within these people? They don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear because their heart has grown dull. They have lost their focus on the heart. Well, what is Jesus focused on? Jesus is focused on our hearts. And I hope that's a lesson that you can take home with you today is Jesus' focus on hearts. Peter comes and says, explain the parable to him. And he said, you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth and passes into the stomach is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, these are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands do not defile anyone. And what's he saying? I'm focused on your heart. Whatever struggle you have with temptation, it's a problem of the heart. Whatever's going on in your life that you continually to make the wrong choice, it's because it's a problem with the heart. And what Jesus says is sometimes we need to ignore all these outside rules that men set up to try to make us feel good about ourselves and instead simply look at the commandments of God and look at our lives and as disciples what do we want to do we want to bear fruit it says I believe what God says I'm going to do all I can to submit to him and when I find my heart out of sync not focusing on what God is focusing on I'm going to make a change why is he focused on our hearts because he says those hearts lead to our actions. When you see a beautiful life, you see it's coming from a beautiful heart. What does God want us to do? He wants us to give him all of our hearts. And that's the way that we can consider our lives is by focusing on what God is focusing on, which is our hearts. Where's your heart this morning? A lot of different things happening in life, a lot of different pressures at work, with family, with school, all kinds of different things and we can get so distracted by a lot of different things but the most important thing we can ask ourselves this morning is where is my heart with God one thing I want you to know is that God's heart is with you he gave his all he loves you in spite of where you've been in spite of your past in spite of what struggles you're dealing with know that he loves you he wants to help you he wants to bless you but you have to give him your heart 
This morning, are you a Christian? If you're not yet a Christian, I encourage you to come and confess Jesus Christ. I encourage you to turn from sin and allow God to help you change your life. I encourage you to be buried with Jesus in the waters of baptism. If you haven't done that, that is where his blood is gonna come in contact with you. He's gonna wash away your sins and help you to start with a brand new clean heart. Are you ready to do that this morning? If you are, we're ready to help you. We wanna bless you with that. But maybe you're a Christian this morning and as you answer questions about your heart, you realize that something is not right. God wants to make it right, and he will if you'll bring it to him. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing.